who've been here from the very beginning. Um, because something you've heard us say from the very beginning is that the church, we as the church, are not like family, but we are family. And, and, and so we, we're, we intentionally said, we got to talk about this a little bit more. Like, what does that mean when we say we're not like family, but we are family? That the church is family. So what does that look like? And so this series, No Place Like Home, is all about that. We're looking at, okay, if we're like family, if we are family, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What does it feel like for the church to be home to us? What does it feel like to be home? And I love Facebook for many reasons, but one of the things I really love about Facebook is, you know, occasionally they will throw on your wall um, on this day, right, memories. And so they'll put a photo or a post that you posted maybe years ago, um, and, and you get to have this opportunity to just kind of look back at something that took place in your home. And also, if you go click on it, you're able to kind of go ahead and maybe next year on this same day, the, and the following year on this day. And what I love about that is it gives an opportunity for me and my world. Most of the time, it's pictures of my kids and from, from the moment they were born and then the next year when you know, they were one and then the, in the crib and, and it continues on. And I love that what it reminds us is that there is growth happening in our homes, right? That there's growing, that in our home, we go through all different types of seasons and stages of life. And I love that it reminds us of that. But I want us to look at the question today. As just as our home is a place for us to grow, is the church, being home and family, a place that we say we can grow? And today's message, I want to I want to look at that, and I want to be clear as we go through Acts chapter two. We just heard it read, but as Danny mentioned, we're going to stick with verse 14, 42 today. All right. So those of you visitors for the first time, I want to quickly let you know, as Danny mentioned, inside your bulletins, you'll also find today's notes with the scripture references that will be on the projector. Also, is also inside your notes. You can use that to follow along with us. And so what I want to do is I'm going to read verse 42 one more time, and then we're going to go into the time of prayer, and then we're going to dig into the word today. So verse 42 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to pray. So let's pray right now and then we'll go into it today. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord, to, to dig into your word, God. God, to look at what you need to say and what you're saying to us, God. I pray that today as we look at Acts 42, God, as we reflect on the church that you've given us, Lord, and we reflect on what they did, Lord, in their time, God, I pray that it would help us, God. It would encourage us. It would convict us, God. And it would move us to being the family that we are, God. So, Lord, I pray that your name be lifted up in this time together. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, so if you haven't got it, today's message is titled, A Place to Grow. Let me ask you this question. When you hear, the, when you talk about the church, or when you hear people referencing church, do you think about the church as being a safe place for you to grow spiritually? Now, if you heard, just, just like in the home, we go through different stages, how about the church? From the moment that you surrendered your life to Christ, to maturity in the faith, do you see that growth happening in the church? Specifically, healthy growth. Healthy growth. In preparing this message, I began to think about what does it take to create a positive environment for a family to grow? And I thought of that question because we have to be clear, we have to, we have to be honest that the home is not always, and probably for some of you sitting here, has not been a safe place for you to grow. Growth is happening regardless, right? 
Growth will happen, but it can be an unhealthy growth. And so that's not what we want in our lives, right? That's not what we want in our homes. That's not what we want in our churches. But we have to be honest that growth happens, but sometimes it's a healthy growth. And some of us sitting here probably experienced this harsh reality that the home has been marked by grief and anger, resentment, brokenness, betrayal. The home for us has been unstable, not a place where you can run to and feel comfortable. We have to deal with that first. Why is this so? Why is the home broken? And brokenness takes on different forms, and brokenness happens in all different places, right? Brokenness happens in a home where there's financial stability. Brokenness happens in a home where, that, where there's poverty and, and, and financial instability. Brokenness can happen in the projects. Brokenness in the homes happens in the suburbs. Brokenness happens... Uh, uh, um, um, in, 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 our, in, our, in a home with two parents, and brokenness happens in single-parented homes. And listen to this one. Brokenness even exists in the homes of a believer. Brokenness is a reality for all of us here. It's a reality that we all face because of the curse that is on mankind. It's a reality that our world is very sick, and we have to deal with this reality of the home. That our world is, is, is marked by, by, by brokenness. And this is not the reality. This is not what God had intended. As you, as you heard last week and if you're familiar, when God created the world, he intended there to be beauty and good and perfect. But sin, rebellion towards God enters into our world. And now we have this reality in our homes of brokenness. It's in us. It's around us. It has torn apart many homes. Brokenness has caused division and hatred and resentment. And some of us are sitting with that reality here right now. And I don't want to talk about the church being a home without dealing with that first. The reality that perhaps home has been broken for you. And home doesn't bring to you peace and stability. And has left, left you with broken pieces and, and, and crying out to God, God, can you restore this, God? Can you put these pieces back together, God? Can you rescue me from this situation? Can you heal the brokenness and the anger in my home? And it's the cry of the broken. And you know what? It's my daily cry. And I pray that it is your cry out. And I, and I know and I pray that it's a cry of the church because it's our reality that there's brokenness all around us. But I want us to also see this reality, that there is a beautiful restoration that God is bringing in through his children. And that as, as we look at this, I want us to then see that finally one day there's going to be this glorious, beautiful hope that as God comes back for his church, us, his bride, that there will be beauty and wholeness and perfection. And so naturally, I began to think about my kids and the environment that my wife and I are trying to, to set in our home. And we want them to grow up to be positive contributors to society, right? We want them, obviously, to be God-fearing, God-loving children. But we know that in order to see that in their lives, there's a tone that my wife and I have to set, right? There, there, there are disciplines that we are trying to install in them consistently. There are victories that we are trying to be intentional to celebrate. And then there's teaching moments that we, we are prayerfully seeking God's wisdom to capitalize on. We are intentional about creating that healthy environment for our children because we know that growth is going to happen at home. But as their parents, as God has given us the responsibility to go into pour into our children so that they can see and grow, not just as, as, as good 
boys and girls and, and adults, but to grow in the grace and knowledge of their Lord Jesus. And so I ask, is that the same for us as a church? I read this quote uh, in preparing for today, and, and, and it hit me. And it's talking about the family, and it's part of the real for you guys. It says this, family is supposed to be a safe haven. But very often it's a place where we find the deepest heartache. So we're going to understand the church as a place where we can grow together. We first need to see this harsh reality that apart from Christ, our homes are broken and our churches are. And so that's why I spent a few moments just now speaking about this reality that we live in a broken world. But I also want to spend time talking about the hope that has come, that God has came down in person through Jesus Christ, who left his throne. And scripture tells us in Colossians 1.16 that everything was created for him and by him, that all things were created through him and for him. And just Jesus, who spoke things into creation, decided to come down, not just and speak a word, but to display the depth of his love and the width of his love for you and I and for all of mankind as he came down and lived amongst us. Peter, in the same chapter, if we read a little bit early on in chapter 2, he preaches this message to the crowd on the day that we know as Pentecost. and he, sparked, he speaks about Jesus and how Jesus walks the earth and he performs many miracles and signs and wonders, but that the greatest sign of his love was when he displayed his obedience to the Father on the cross and laying down his life for you and I. And that our sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus. And that's good news because then God raised Jesus up from that grave and Peter says that it ends the pains of death. And for those of us who repent and believe in Christ as being enough and all that we need, there is now a life of hope. That we have a life redeemed by Christ. And we have the promise that the good work that Christ has begun in us, he will make it to, to completion. That one day it will be made complete. And then for you and I, for us, God has given us a family. And you can take a look around you. And this is the family that he has given us. It is his body. It is the church. And so then now, what do we do? How do we grow? And that's where we land in Acts 42. As Peter, if we read in verse 40, 41, it says that, on that day, about 3,000 people were baptized and believed. And now what did they do as a body, as a family? So we're going to go ahead and look at that in three ways today. I want us to put that verse 42 on the screen again. It's in your notes as well. And I want us to, part, I want us to start to read it together. We're going to look at verse 42 maybe two more times, guys. All right. So I want us to read this nice and loud together. It's up here. You read this? All right. So let's go read it. One, two, three. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You can, in your notes, circle the word devoted, and if you have your Bibles and you're cool with marking that up, um, go ahead and circle that word devoted. It's an important word. The early church devoted themselves to something. And what I've been learning is that the longings of my, my unbelieving neighbors, my, my unbelieving friends, and my family is, is a longing for something that's real and authentic. It's a longing for something that goes deep, deeper than you know, the innovative, so-called on-the-edge, radical, new kind of movement that we find in culture and workplaces and in there, say, the churches. And what I'm saying is this, is that the world, what they really need and what they really long for is to see a church, a group of people who are actually devoted to something. That what we have and what we preach and what we live, it goes much deeper than just what's on the surface. 
And this happens when we become a people devoted, a people committed. Some other words that you can probably switch there with devotion is constant and steadfast, steady, stable, faithful. To be devoted means to be faithful. It means to have something that is lasting, that we are committed to, and that goes deep and marks who we actually are. It's giving yourself to something. And this is what the church needs to be. This is what we want to be here at Swerve. We are going to be a family at home. We need to be a people that gather and are devoted to this. More than just our weekly Sunday gatherings. Right? We're not here to play church, but we are a family that's committed to growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what can we learn from the early church? And how are we going to see now healthy growth in the church? The very first point today in your notes is this. A healthy church is a family devoted to scripture. It tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In the church, we are to grow in the teachings that were given to us by Jesus and taught by the apostles. It's what? It's the teachings that we find in the word of God. This is why on our Sunday gathering, we are intentional about being faithful to this preaching, to the preaching of this word. And that's why we, we try to uh, give us uh, other spaces where we're able to, as a family, devote to the reading and the learning of God's word together. That's why we ended up, we have our life groups that just finished up and we are intentional about going back to the word of God. We're intentional to have that space there. Also, our all-in team nights, where we're intentional to gather as leaders and to look into God's word and learn from God's word so that we can be better leaders to lead as Christ has led. We look into God's word because we need to be a people, a family that's devoted to God's word. Because if not, the reality is that we can so easily then begin to look outside of the church and outside of the teachings of God's word and become influenced by it. Waves of false teaching out there and, and false doctrine and conflicting messages that, that are not aiming to build us up as a family, but to destroy us. And that's why Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, senior notes, he said this to the disciples. He tells them, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I had commanded you. It's where we are committed to that very call. We want this to be a family where we are growing and learning the scriptures. And one last point here I want to point out with this is that to grow healthy in the scriptures, they need to be devoted to the scriptures without any substitutes. This means that we will place here at Swerve Church the authority, the final authority of God's word, and we will not abandon God's truth. In Psalm 37, verse 5, he says, it says this, Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. We will be committed and devoted to God's word. The second area of growth in a healthy family is this. It's a family devoted to one another. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. And here, if you want, you can underline fellowship to the breaking of bread. What does this mean? It's more than what Danny's was mentioned that we at home we can eat and we grow this way or we grow, you know, vertically or whatnot. It's, it's when we come to God's word, when we gather together, we're not just feeding off of, of, of this the word, but we're not we're, we're learning and we're growing in this. But it's not like a classroom setting. It's not to be a seminary, right, where you gather in and you come in, you get as much information and you go out the wall, doors you came in and just go home with all this information and knowledge. What the early church understood is this, and what we need to understand, that again, our lives together is not to be occasional, careless, but intentional. It requires commitment. Why is it so? 
Let's read this next verse in John 13, 34. It's in your notes. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. So why are we to love one another? Why are we to grow in our fellowship with one another? First off, right there, it is a command from Jesus, not a suggestion. What a command. Secondly, it's what we receive from Jesus himself. It is a devotion that he displayed in committing his love to us to his death. And as he has loved us, we will grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus as we devote to one another in his love for us as he has loved us. And so the question is then, how, do we, how are we supposed to love one another? And I love how Paul writes it to the church in Romans 12.10. He says, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo another, one another in showing honor. See, a family who's devoted to outdoing one another and showing honor is a family that is committed, devoted to loving one another deeply. How many of us want to be part of that type of a family? Where our love for one another is not shallow. Right? It's not generated out of an obligation. It's not because I have to do this or I'm supposed to do this. It's not for show or for selfish gain. But it's because we are devoted to growing as a family. We are devoted to love one another deeply. And so a healthy growing church is going to be a church that's devoted to scripture. It's going to be a church that's devoted to one another. And third in your notes, it's a family devoted to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking the bread, and to prayer. Do you understand how amazing the gift of prayer is? Do you understand? I don't know if we do, to be honest. We really understand the gift that prayer is. See, prayer is more than just a cry out when things are going wrong in our life. It's more than a crisis. If you cry out to God in prayer when you're in crisis, that's awesome. But if that's the only time that you cry out to God, and that's the only time we as a church find the need to gather together to pray, then that's not a church and that's not a family that's devoted to prayer. And I'm not saying to be devoted to prayer means that we need to have a, a, a certain time that we pray or a certain left or length of prayer or you know a certain place where we are praying, but there needs to be a pattern to our prayer. What I'm saying is that a praying church, a healthy praying church that is growing in their prayer together is a church that prays regularly. It's a church that prays regularly and that's a frequent part of our gathering together. This is why we open up before we even have service, we, we, we spend some time in prayer. This is why we do that. This is why we open up our services also in prayer. This is why we want to intentionally give an opportunity for us to gather together and pray. That's why prayer is a part of our life through gathers. It's more than just what we, it's, we don't just open up our service in prayer and that's what we, we are intentional. We need to be intentional, church, about prayer, about the importance of prayer. Because prayer is an important part of our growth and our maturity. It's our devotion to prayer that will get us through life's roughest seasons. And I like what Paul says in Romans 12, 12. This is also in your notes. Rejoice in hope. And he says, be patient in affliction. And he ends with, be persistent in prayer. See, a healthy, growing church is going to provide a safe place in the home to be devoted to prayer and even to rejoice while we patiently endure our afflictions. The early church understood that they needed to be dependent on God. And we see that because if you read the book of Acts, you see that they're constantly in prayer. Like all the time, they're in prayer. When something goes wrong, it says they prayed. When they had a need, they prayed. When something freaked them out, they prayed. It's like 
that was their automatic response. Like, God, we need you in this situation. We are devoted to this. And they gathered in prayer. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. We want to see a devotion to prayer in our family at Swerve. Amen. We want to see that Swerve Church becomes a place where prayer is more than just an intercom that we have with God when we page him when we're in trouble. But we see that prayer is a gift to be used frequently without hesitation. What helped me with this topic of prayer and my understanding of prayer and how I learned to grow in my understanding of prayer is when I get to realize and understand that prayer, when you really put away all these other kind of fancy definitions of prayer, and prayer simply is just a beautiful interaction between child and father. I mean, that's the simplest way we can put it. You know, it's, it's like... It's like my child who comes to me and just want to sit and talk. And, and, and that's what it's like, man. That's what it is. And prayer is this interaction between God and child. And God loves it when we pray. He rejoices when we spend time with him. Do you know that? Do you believe that? That God rejoices. He longs to hear your voice. He is pleased with the prayers of the righteous. He loves when you come as a child, as a daughter, as a father, as a son. And you say, Abba, Father, Daddy. He loves his simple prayer. He loves when we come to pray. He loves spending time with us. And what you begin to notice in prayer is that as our prayer increases, our growth increases. Prayer is amazing that the more we pray, the more confident we grow. The more we pray, the more power we find in our lives, the greater peace that we will have. The more we pray, the greater clarity we'll have. The more we pray, the greater assurance we will have. The greater our trust in God as we devote ourselves to prayer. But it's when we stop praying, when we stop making prayer a regular and frequent part of our church and our lives, that we will see that we actually begin to lose that power that we've gained while in prayer. See, prayer cannot be just what we do, guys, to open up our services. But prayer needs to be something that we are devoted to in this home. In this home, we, need to be, we are to be devoted to prayer. Now, does the church feel like this home that you can grow? Growth is so important to us at Swerve Church. And we're going to continue to strive to see that healthy growth takes place for you here, for all of you who make Swerve Church your home, that this will be a place where you belong. This will be a place where you can kick up your feet and relax and be who you are as we share all things in common. This will be a place where we can grow. And that's our desire. That's our mission as a, as a church. And we're going to put the mission statement up here. It's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That is our mission, brothers and sisters. And so as we ourselves become fully devoted followers of Christ, and as we seek to make others and to lead others to become fully devoted followers of Christ, we're going to be real and understand that we're going to mourn over the depths of the brokenness in our lives and the brokenness of the lives all around us. But we're also going to rejoice in the power of Christ that has brought healing to our broken lives. And healing in the lives that are being changed, abruptly changed to from a life of hopelessness to a, uh, and destruction to one of hope and newness in Christ. That's what swerves, that's what swerve comes from, right? It's an abrupt change. And that's the devotion that we have to see lives change, heading in a direction towards Christ. <coughs> and finally, as a church, as the bride of Christ, with great anticipation, I want us to look forward to the glorious day when our Father when our group Bible comes home and comes for us. And on that glorious day, it takes us up to be with them in all glory. That, brothers and sisters, is a glorious day. Hallelujah. Yes. That, brothers and sisters, is yes. a glorious day. I want us to pray.
prayer might be a little bit longer, or the time of silence might be a little bit longer, and that's all good. That's all good. I, I, I feel like maybe we can just keep our heads bowed, and let's just allow this time of reflection to pray. I'll spend that time right now. We, we're not going to just talk about it, but we've we got to live it. we got to be devoted to it. And so I want to take this time, maybe just give a couple minutes, two, three minutes, for you just to sit and to, to connect with your dad, connect with your father. Maybe you need to repent of something today. Maybe you just need to say good morning, Dad. Here I am, Father. Maybe some of you feel led to just to ask for prayer. And if that's you, you can raise your hand and we'll, we'll pray for you. I want to make sure you know that we are here and available to pray for you. That's what we are devoted to as a family. Gracious to me, O oh God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I'm conscious of my rebellion, my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was born guilty. When I was born, I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Let your face turn away from my sins and blot out my guilt. God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me. Sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. And I will teach the rebellious your ways. And sinners will return to you. Father, that's our prayer. We glorify God. We thank you. In Jesus' name.